so the, the thing that is also a benefit is the education that it brought. Bitcoin has brought so much education that people understanding how money is supposed to work and what real money was, how the, the, the everybody born uh, prior to the 50s or more like the 60s, uh, after the 60s, I mean, they don't know. They have never lived through a time where hot dogs remained five cents all the time. You know, people born in the late 1800s and died in 1950, for them a hot dog was five cents all their life. You know, roughly. You know. Now, I started in the 70s. You know, hot dog. Whoa! From there, in the in a matter of 10 years, hot dog went uh, a factor of 10. You know. Let's absolutely go. My name is Patrick, and welcome to the Bitcoin Pitch Podcast, where I'll chat with anyone in Bitcoin. I don't care if you're a pleb, anon, or OG. You'll be giving us your Bitcoin elevator pitch and answer some quick-hitting Bitcoin questions that will be beneficial to newcomers. The goal of the show is to keep it short and sweet for all those people you are trying to orange pill. Today's guest is Phil Champagne. Phil is the author of the Book of Satoshi, the collected writings of Bitcoin creator Satoshi Nakamoto. Here's my conversation with Phil Champagne. All right, so thanks so much, Phil, for coming on today um, to chat Bitcoin. Really interested to get into your back background a little bit and also learn about your book. Um, so thanks again for taking the time. Um, thank you for having me. All right, so first question. Um, you know, if you could give some background about yourself and how you got into Bitcoin. Uh, yeah, so I, my background actually from, um, I studied in electrical engineering from the University of Sherbrooke in Quebec. And uh, so, but ended up being in software engineering. And uh, in the early 2000, I started uh, looking into investing in real estate and uh, reached that port that kind of, um, you know, Robert Kiyosaki and all that. And eventually I came across a book about um, gold and silver. And Kiyosaki was talking in 2006, I think he started talking about gold and silver. And that's where he's, it's been off into that. And uh, I had to wrap my head around that because, no, it doesn't bring interest or, you know, gold, silver. There, there's no interest or that or there's no dividends or nothing. So what's the purpose of that? And so your mindset needs to be adjusted to, well, that's what sound money is. And uh, that's uh, the situation with paper money and all that. And one of the key book that uh, really opened my eyes was when I was reading uh, 2007, I think I started reading this is uh, The Creature from Jekyll Island by G. Edward Griffin, which is a book I highly recommend. And um, that book is a uh, yeah, covers, um, obviously, the creature from Jekyll Island is a reference to the Federal Reserve, which I um, often call the fraudulent reserve. And, uh, <laughs> um, and the, the uh, but it covers, you know, uh, Italy, uh, the 12th, 14th century uh, Florence and, um, and Venice, and how they were London and New York back then in the time and how fractional reserve banking started, you know, taking off big time during that time and what it led to those things and revised a bunch of things 
uh, about history, looking at history like uh, Napoleon Wars and uh, even the Civil War, American Civil War, from the lens of another layer, uh, the economic perspective, uh, of which are never talked about in school. They never mention those things, ever. You know, it's they want us to make sure we're staying away from those things, I guess, because uh, they really want to, uh, you know, get the people informed, but only in a certain way, you know. And so I was really impressed, uh, including a passage about, I'm expanding a little bit right here, but uh, a passage about uh, how actually the Russian are, were helping the North and this, the British and the French were trying to, were hoping for a South victory. And, uh, and the reason was more for destabilizing the US than uh, for you know, the legitimate purpose of abolishing slavery. Uh, no, actually, no, obviously they were for the South. <laughs> so uh, it's uh, definitely uh, it's a strange twist, you know, to, uh, to learn those things. And, and but in, there was basically uh, uh, destabilizing the United States, uh, which they were seeing as a rising power. Um, so, and from there, eventually I heard from my cousin, uh, it's like, have you heard about, because you know, I was in gold and silver, is, have you heard about uh, Bitcoin, this thing? And I was just held the door about to get out. And I didn't, I had more than a minute or two when he called me. It's what, what is it? It's, uh, it's uh, internet money. It's, and then for me, it was more like, okay, imagine a little community in a little village where they create the uh, paper money where, okay. Uh, I know it's like, what is this ridiculous? You know, they all print as many as they want. You know, so, ah, what the hell? It doesn't work. No, no, check it out. It's, ah. And then I had to go. But uh, a month or two later, uh, I came across another podcaster I was following about gold, silver. I can't remember. Who, uh, and you mentioned um, Bitcoin. And he says, yeah, okay, yeah, my cousin talked about me about it. So I said, anyway, I decided to look into that. And uh, I was intrigued and I decided to um, look into the white paper and to understand a little bit more. And then I decided, well, I want to learn more about what that guy wrote. And so, and then I look it up and then I realized this is so funny. You know, he's gone. I was that was in 2012-2013. This guy was there for two years and he's gone. So the, the I mean, it's just equivalent of uh, for Linux, uh, Linux Torvald. I'm not sure if you know Linux Torvald. He's the uh, guy who created Linux, the kernel, Unix kernel. But imagine, but you know, it's not a pseudonym. He's a real guy, and they come in. And, but imagine the equivalent. But then the guy leaves. But obviously. The, imp the impact of Bitcoin are quite more tremendous in terms of uh, than uh, the Linux kernel because now we're talking about destabilizing central banking and all their power, which is tremendous. So just the fact that he was gone uh, made me even more interested to read the rest of his post. And going through them, I saw a couple of very interesting things and realized that's the only thing we have about him. That's it. And so... If he was still around, I would never have uh, bothered writing a book because, you know, you have got the source. You will have been interviewed over and over and uh, given speech and, you know, and um, but the but the fact that he's gone and very likely at this point, I think everybody believes that uh, he's never going to be known or or at least seems so. 
And so the interest of having something easy to read uh, came up to me. So I assembled those things. And eventually I decided, well, actually it will make more sense if it's really a publication, a book, a physical book. Uh, I know that people like sometimes um, Kindle type, but um, it's um, the kind of material where it's so historical at some point. And I was really looking into the 2020s when I was thinking like at that time in the 2020s, this will be seen as a history book. And the analogy I often give is how a book uh, about World War II in 1946, 1947 was not history, it was more like almost news. You know, you still had people, you know, being in the hospital, uh, recovering from their wounds. And uh, the, definitely the impact was so fresh that was nobody was considering this uh, history book about World War II, what happened in, uh, from 39 to 45. But jump into the 60s and now they were starting to be called history books about World War II and all that. And this is where we're entering that phase with Bitcoin where the early days are definitely history because a bunch of people didn't know, were not involved or they were too young or uh, they were not not looking into this and so now they have to look at back at what was written back then and it's way further and a lot of people that were involved back then are not really uh either they don't care they don't they're not present or you know it's more a new generations of people that are actively talking on bitcoin about bitcoin today you know there's still old folks but not as much so that's it yeah, no. Uh, so you, you, you kind of touched upon uh, my next question a little bit. I know you wrote the book, um, uh, the book of Satoshi, but anyone who doesn't know what that is about, can you just give like a brief uh, overview yes. of what, what it is? Uh, so, yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> no um, worries. The, the book of Satoshi, yeah, it's the collected writings of uh, Satoshi Nakamoto. And basically, yeah, it uh, grabs in, uh, all the, uh, the blog posts. And when I say most of the important ones is uh, the only a few uh, release, you no know, statement about release, new release uh, that I did not put. Um, and um, so there's um, just one or two things. And obviously I didn't get all the emails. Uh, I asked a few folks for their email, uh, including, uh, including Kevin Anderson, who uh, he only offered uh once one email, the last email exchange that he had, but uh, that's the only one we, we wish to publish because uh, it was private conversation that he had then. And so that was uh, how I I decided to to write it. Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, really interesting. I'm about halfway through it, and mm -hmm. it's it's really like crazy and interesting looking at the quotes of Satoshi when he's mentioning certain aspects of Bitcoin, and like he, he gives good reason for certain ways that it was set up. And it, it's funny that people still argue some of those same points today. Yeah. And it's, uh -huh. it's like he addressed them yeah. like right in the beginning. And yeah. I just find that super fascinating. And, it, and like you said, it, it, it's basically history now, um, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. um, that's the way I also look at Bitcoin now. It's like, it's cemented in history and it's here to stay. That's the way mm -hmm. I, I look at it. It's, it's, mm -hmm. it's gone through so many tests and battles and yes, you can clearly see, like at least I can, and most Bitcoiners can too, the value behind it now, especially with the chaos that's going on with mm -hmm. government spending and everything. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, yeah, it, they, it is something that people are surprised when they read the book is, damn, all those questions I've read. I mean, because these are the sets of questions that anyone who jump in, they haven't heard about Satoshi even, or, you know, they just briefly heard his name. And they learn about Bitcoin and they have all those same questions that all the people in the beginning had, you know, all those major questions. And obviously these are, that is, it was so hilarious that they've been um, addressed back then. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess, a, I guess a couple of fun questions for you. If you had to choose a favorite quote or a piece of writing from Satoshi, what, what piece would you choose? I would have two. Um, one is uh, software, uh, academic aspect of in terms of software, and the other is more economic. And so the chapter 13 covers the, the software aspect. It's the Byzantine general's problem, where um, it's, uh, it's a very known problem that was seen in the two generals problem that was seen as unresolvable by uh, academics at the time in the 70s when they, you know, they discussed that, you know, and it's basically if you have two generals uh, that want to attack a city and they have to attack at the same time, otherwise, if it's only one force, they'll be, their force will be annihilated and they'll be crushed by the defense. So they have to be both at the same time. And so they have to exchange a message between the two to coordinate a time to get there. But then if that message is intercepted and then you decide to attack, the other didn't get the message and you attack, you're crushed. So you want to have a reply from the other guy uh, to, for that and, and, and so on and so on. And it never ends. And while Tatsushi discussed how actually the blockchain will resolve that. So that was very interesting because uh, I... Uh, to have this thing where a concept that was seen as unsolvable and you've got suddenly, and that was also the key for, well, uh, you can have a decentralized system where you would be able to solve double spending or, I mean, you need to have a, a central party to verify there's not going to be a, a wrong spending or that kind of thing. And it's knowing there's nobody in control and yet that's what's happening with this, which is uh, staggering, you know. The other is at page 282, and where he makes a reference as a, as a thought experiment. Imagine that there was a base metal as scarce as gold, but with the following properties. Boring gray in color, not a good conductor of electricity, not a particularly strong, but not ductile or easily malleable either. I mean, basically it's a metal that's just no, no purpose at all. You know? Not useful for any practical or ornamental purpose. And one, and only one special magical property, it can be transported over a communications channel. And uh, yeah, that, that is the, uh, definitely the uh, benefit of it. And that, that thing is what I find is amazing because I see that you know, Bitcoin is in its natural form in electronics but it needs a derivative for a representation of physical world. You know, if you had to create a coin where you will have private keys embedded in the coin and then you, you exchange that coin that is a one Bitcoin, uh, you have to trust the manufacturer of that coin that uh, the private key is only own. Uh, he does not know about the private key, forgot about it with that kind of thing. You know, you need to trust a third party. Gold is just the opposite. It's in a physical world where you don't need to trust anyone, but in a virtual world, in the electronic world, 
gold needs a third party uh, to trust. And uh, so they're completely uh, opposite on that sense. So, Yeah, those are two good quotes. I haven't gotten to that second one, uh, but I think I've heard it before. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm only, um, like I said, halfway through, but I enjoyed the, um, the lost coins quote, which I know is kind of widely known, like known to, and, and mm. kind of post about, but lo- lost coins only make everyone else's coins worth yeah. slightly more. Think of it as a donation to everyone. Um, I don't know. It's, a, it's, it, to me, like, it's, it's so cool to think about, like, in, tons of people have lost coins like there's millions yeah. of coins probably lost and mm-hmm. to think about it in that way is really cool in my head yeah. at least uh-huh. so <laughs> yeah yeah uh, it's the reverse of the inflation it's deflation um at the very slight and uh and which is another argument that sometime uh newcomers will say as well eventually you know it's going to be deflationary and uh we're going to run out of bitcoin or something like that but uh it's visible you know uh, you can now it's one satoshi but we might have micro satoshis in the future that we right. just need to have yes a soft fork again or to basically have a little bit more extra information about uh, ownership right um so then this kind of goes into my next question but i guess what what piece of writing from satoshi do you feel is most like undervalued or not viewed as much from um you know, mainstream like Twitter and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that, that one is uh, is um, is a little bit difficult to twist. Other than the, maybe those two I mentioned so far, but uh, in some degree, I mean, uh, what is interesting is how um, you mention often answer other questions, like including the the case for our. Um, uh, the, the the cost of mining and uh, the the argument that uh, Bitcoin miner is a waste of resource, you know, uh, see, well, he compares that with the price of gold and but uh, actually there is components that he probably did did not see coming because now we see that I mean uh, for example Texas is uh, isolated for its grid electric grid uh for and power generation the advantage of the others is that uh say the north they can exchange their electricity with the south so they know the north needs more electricity in the winter while it's the south that needs more electricity in summer so they compensate each other like this while if texas is isolated and then uh, they don't have that uh, that ability however with bitcoin mining you'll always have a utility to crank up the electricity, electricity um, at full screen and scale it down when there's uh, a need for uh, at the user level for, for the. Um. So that's something that uh, you didn't foresee because it's it's a twist, uh, an economic twist that um, obviously is another thing that we have to remember. We as uh, we might come up with arguments negative, but we haven't discovered uh, yet a positive counter-argument that, uh, that the free market would discover later. Yeah, it's a good point. I um, I remember listening to, and I know I've mentioned on my other shows, uh, the Michael Saylor and Ross Stevens interview um, like last January, and they were talking about energy use and just mm-hmm. different ways that can be used. And it kind of like, it just made my mind kind of explode because I didn't think about Bitcoin mining in that way. And like you said, like we haven't figured out all the benefits that it can bring. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating to see, you know, people 
um, who have tons of followers and in, in um, government, government officials or whatever. Um, and they say like, it's a waste or something, something negative about it. And it's just like, oh man, you guys, yeah. you guys have like this huge following and you're just giving all this yeah. misinformation away, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, I wouldn't trust politicians <laughs> as far <laughs> as I can throw them. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right. So this uh, next question, um, and I know I've kind of mentioned it to friends before, you know, when talking about it. Um, you know, I say no one knows who Satoshi is and also he disappeared. I guess if you could talk about how, how important was it for Satoshi to disappear? Cause I feel like some people don't really understand why it's yeah. important. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the important thing is that, uh, to me in a simple term, he decentralized ownership. Um, if you have the founder of something and it's still there, even if it's open source, um, then uh, the danger is that uh, that person could be influenced or you know threatened by deep state characters or pick and pick a name, and then forced to you know codify something bad about it or you know secretly or I mean it's open source still but um, or to do a tangent into a direction of Bitcoin that will create maybe a split and all that but it's like. Um, the founder will obviously attract more followers and by completely disappearing and there's really no center uh, ownership uh, the ownership is decentralized and that's the beauty of it whether he thought about that initially or not or as a benefit or i think he already knew the fact that he was anonymous uh and he re- wanted to remain anonymous for two years leads me to believe that uh, his intention was always to remain anonymous. And therefore, uh, it's inevitable that uh, depending on how successful things are, that he's going to have to pull out. Otherwise, uh, the interest about trying to identify him will uh, increase in increment. So, but the benefit is definitely the decentralization of ownership. Yeah, absolutely agree. And um, I think when I kind of realized that it was, uh, I don't know, it's, I always, I always kind of like think about it every once in a while. And I'm like, how did this person or group of people put all these different things together and and it worked out? Right. It's just, yeah, yeah, we don't have that on on most, most coins are there pretty much nearly all of them. I don't, it might be exceptions. I don't know, but it's always a founder, the creator and you know the one person who wrote the white paper and they coded the, the code initially they're all around and still taking care of it, or they move to another project in some cases, but um, but still, still, uh, you know, there's uh, that that cloud of uh, of uh, in, in terms of ownership. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this question might not exactly like work for you because you uh, I don't know what the time frame was of what you were talking about before, where I think you said your cousin mentioned to you about Bitcoin. And then when you finally got into it, I don't know what that time frame was. Um, three, but, two or three months. Yeah. So so it wasn't like uh, you missed out like five years or something no, from the no. first time you heard it. So no, this this no. question, I'm going to maybe tweak it a little bit, I guess, if it if someone new was listening to this like show for the first time, they know nothing about Bitcoin. Um, you know, what would you say to them to at least just take a second look and take some time to look into it? Because I know the the original question is if you could go back in time, convince yourself about 
Bitcoin the first time you heard it, what would you say to yourself? But I guess if it's for someone Mm -hmm. who doesn't know anything about Bitcoin to kind of sink a hook in. Yeah. So without knowing that person, uh, if I'm generic, uh, I will say the the aspect of the one thing. Now, okay, people will think that uh, the utility of Bitcoin, blah, 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 is all, which is indeed really a key play. It might eventually become the world reserve currency and the, the single currency in the world and definitely that is tremendous uh, changes in our economic perspective and we, we will I mean poverty will really be tackled down by not having that uh, price inflation which affects the poor you know tell that to AOC and Bernie though it's um yeah um, so the the thing that is also a benefit is the education that it brought. Bitcoin has brought so much education that people understanding how money is supposed to work and what real money was, how the, the, the everybody born uh, prior to the 50s or more like the 60s, uh, after the 60s, I mean, they don't know. They have never lived through a time where odd dogs remained five cents all the time you know people born in the late 1800s and died in 1950 for them a hot dog was five cents all their life you know roughly you know now i started in the 70s you know odd dog whoa from there in the in a matter of 10 years a dog went uh, a factor of 10 you know and uh it's just uh, crazy and uh, we're gonna have the same thing so now it's a fact of life for everybody uh for last 50 years plus, well, you know, inflation is just like rain and everything like, you know, don't ask questions, it's there and uh, we have to live with it. And oh, at least my house is going up in value and all that, we, even though we know it's uh, partially uh, false, you know. Yeah, um, I know something that t- they kind of tied the pieces together uh, and I know it helped with Safe's book and a lot of listening to po- podcasts was just learning about the history of money in general. Mm-hmm. And when you see these different civilizations in the in past history yeah. rise yeah. and fall and you compare it to what happened with the currency, it's like, it just makes sense, you know, like. Yeah. Getting a taste. Uh, I like history and getting a, a, a revised view of the world human history with the economics behind that. Uh, even more high opening. Um, the conflicts are not as much as um, as simple as people will say. Oh, you know, it's control and power. But sometimes there were there were other more economic aspect to it, and sometimes it'll be uh, uh, staggering how, how important they are. Yeah, definitely. Um... So if you were to recommend a book, articles, podcast to someone new learn, who wants to learn about Bitcoin, what would you recommend? Uh, yeah, so what is interesting is there is so many, because uh, I haven't looked for the past two, three years much into new, uh, new books and all that uh, about Bitcoin. No, I was more looking into that when in 2000. 14, when my book came out, 2015, 2016, those three years, I was looking actively on what was going on in terms of publication and a little bit 2017, but now I, I didn't after that too much. And I started recently because, you know, uh, I see there's so many more books. That's 
came up since 2017, 18, mostly 18. Wow, okay. <laughs> that uh, there's quite a lot. Um, so uh, typically what I was saying to people is uh, the creature from Jekyll Island was the reference I was giving before for someone who starts and all that. But the Bitcoin Center is actually, uh, I see that's a good book too for an intro uh, to... Uh, people to understand uh, the major economic aspect. And uh, so that gathers pretty much all the, the key concept and obviously oriented towards the Bitcoin view. But initially, it's nothing about Bitcoin in the first few chapters. And so that is one I would, um, among those I will recommend. And Obviously, uh, when it comes to, um, there are other, other books too, but uh, I, I need to catch up in my reading <laughs> before I can actually uh, continue with uh, more suggestion. But Bitcoin, the, uh, sorry, the, the um, Creature from Jekyll Island is also one I recommend, even though it's nothing with Bitcoin, it's just the, on the, uh, how we, human race, we came to uh, the central banks all over the place. You know? Yeah, I, I uh, actually, I think I rented that book from the library, but I rented too many books at one time and I had to return it. So it's on the list. I just haven't gotten to it yet. Uh, um, yeah. But yeah, BT, Bitcoin Standard, um, got that as gifts for a lot of my families okay. and friends this, uh, okay. this Christmas. So hopefully okay. they uh, take the time to read it. Um, but And I also gifted Bitcoin too. So, um, okay. but yeah. So I guess to wrap up, uh, if mm -hmm. you had five to 10 minutes or um, short amount of time to kind of give your Bitcoin elevator pitch to someone, what would you say? Bitcoin is the, uh, an invention that is uh, revolutionary, revolutionary, just like uh, the Gutenberg Press and the, uh, and the other, you know, the, the, the airplane and all that. I mean, it's going to look back as uh, an amazing thing where it gives us the ability to have a an entity, a, comer, a, uh, a money that is represented in its true form, in electronic form. And since we're in an electronic world, um, and it's um, having not having any third party involved with this aspect of our life is so key that it's uh, a big change and people need to understand how important that change and to imagine that it's just a fad. Uh, it's just a matter of time. They're just delaying that they're going to eventually have to pick up a book and start reading it. So the sooner, the better. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, all right. Uh, did you have any, I don't know if you had any other closing remarks or anything, um, but I guess the last thing I have to say is, you know, where can people find you, follow you, um, get your book, um, uh -huh. you know, basically all that uh, information. Yeah, so uh, my website is reninvestment.com, W-R-E-N investment.com. And I'm on Twitter, and that's where mostly uh, I'm active. It's E-G-G -G underscore descrambler, egg underscore descrambler is my handle. How did you come up with that ha handle, too? Because <laughs> I read it when I was looking for it. I was like, that's an interesting name. Uh Electrical engineering is my background, and uh, there was a schematic about uh, writing, uh, creating a descrambler device. Back in the days, in the late 80s, um, you had uh, analog channel. Uh, the uh, PTV was uh, on cable, was analog, 
And so they were scrambling this video signal, not the audio, the video, were just uh, garbaging it out. And so you needed this, this scrambler to place back the video in a proper order to actually see something. And um, so it was just a printout and it said do scrambler and I just said, okay, I was thinking a scrambler language. And so I said, egg the scrambler. Some guy passed by and they started laughing. And since I needed a handle, I, I remembered this. This um, I had a memory of that. And I said, okay, yeah, I need that. Okay, let's. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Cool. Well, I really appreciate you uh, taking time to chat today. Uh-huh. Um, and I'll be sure to share everything that we kind of touched upon in the show notes, um, obviously your book, and then also other things we mentioned as well. Um, so again, really appreciate you taking time to chat. Yep, I appreciate that. Patrick, thank you very much. Thanks so much, Phil, for coming on the show. You will find in the show notes links to all that was mentioned, including where you can find and follow Phil Champagne. Shout out to Last Call Monday for the intro and exit music and Drawn to Heal for the show's artwork. You can check both of them out from the links in the show notes. If you got this far, thanks so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And if you feel you have a Bitcoin pitch to tell, I want you on the show. Feel free to reach out to me via Twitter at baby underscore pat with two Y's and two T's or email me at bitcoinpitchpodcast at gmail.com. See you next time.